Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. We'll do it live. Fuck it. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, March 31, 2022. And this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. Hello, I am Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi. Day 437 of the Biden-Harris administration, 220 days until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram at TheBobSeska, Twitter, BobSeska underscore go. And let's get the show started with the goth ninja. It's another big Tuesday show with Jody Hamilton from the From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker. Also on the Stephanie Miller show, by the way, all week long been awesome also uh david ferguson he's from uh, oh we call him t-rex i don't know if you know that new listeners <laughs> he's from astral summer that's his music project astralsummer.bandcamp.com links in the description as always for both jody and david got it got it okay hi goth Noon. just hello i'm in a great mood today you sound like yes. it bob you sound so happy i'm captain sunshine <laughs> <laughs> today we just did a whole show we, we keep doing this we did a whole show before the show we did and uh maybe it's the sort of thing that we should record because if it's just the three of us then what's the point but you know you know we gotta <laughs> exercise our demons before we actually start recording the exercising our demons so this well, i do a, actually yeah. enjoy talking to you guys without yes that is but you know <laughs> yeah, well, good, very, you're my friends very so. good point yes we do enjoy talking with each other and we do often um holy shit i don't even know where to start i guess we'll start with this trump burner phone breaking bad abq universe <laughs> nonsense <laughs> god damn it donald trump said that he didn't know what burner phones were Sure. Yeah. He said, I had no idea what a burner phone is, to the best of my knowledge. I have never even heard the term. <laughs> but then but then Muggsy, uh, Robert Costa, reported uh, on the same day, former Trump National Security Advisor John Bolton said in an interview on Tuesday, after the CBS Post reporting was published, that he recalls Trump using the term burner phones in several discussions that Trump was aware of its meaning. So he does absolutely know what a burner phone was. And as I've been saying, yes, and it's amazing. I said this on Stephanie's show yesterday morning, but it bears repeating that it's amazing that none of us at any point in the last five years ever predicted that burner phones would come into play in the entire Trump saga. And and it's it's so obvious that eventually it would have. Now that we actually have the burner phone story, it's like, well, pff, fucking duh. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course well, I don't Donald think Trump used a burner phone. phone. I think they just erased the archive. I think they just edited out that seven and a half hours of danger of potentially incriminating calls and just presented it as blank paper. Well, that could be, uh, yeah. I mean, because we have this new evidence now indicating that Donald Trump used an official White House phone with the 202-390 prefix to call Senator Mike Lee on January 6th. Yep. But it wasn't logged in the official White House logs. Mm-hmm. It should have been in the presidential call log, but yep. was not. 
Trump called Lee at uh, 2.26 p.m. on Jan 6 through the official 202-395-0000 White House number, according to call detail records reviewed by The Guardian and confirmation by the two sources who spoke on the condition of anonymity. I think mm-hmm. the idea that he called Mike Lee during the insurrection had already been reported. So we didn't know. But he was trying to call Tommy Tuberville or Tuberville yeah. or whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> right. But Jesus, when are we going to get back to a place in this country where we see behavior like this and we go, oh, yeah, that's obvious. They were trying to cover that up. They were trying to cover something up from this. I mean, the rest of us, those of us who are in the category of being normals who follow this uh, ongoing saga, we all know that it's a cover up. It's very, very clear that they were covering something up. But I wonder if it gets out to the quote unquote folks. I wonder if the folks know. Donald Trump was uh, hiding seven and a half hours of phone calls, whether it was on a burner phone or whatever, and then omitting those calls from the call log. Who was he calling? Who was he talking to? Was he talking to Virginia Thomas? Was he talking to Ginny at some point in that uh, seven and a half hours? Was he consulting with uh, you know leaders of the Proud Boys or the Boogaloo Boys? Were there any phone calls going back and forth along those lines? Was anyone in the insurrection itself talking to Donald Trump off the record? So assuming that uh, Donald Trump was doing these things, perfectly in keeping with his track record, right? And then you add on to the fact that there was this enormous cover-up. I mean, talk about one-upping Nixon in every possible way. No kidding. Yeah, you start with an 18-minute gap in the White House recordings, in the Oval Office recordings, and that inflates. I guess over time, there's an inflation over time. <laughs> and now we're up to seven it's and a half It's just more hours. like the whole Trump administration was like the Nixon administration, except you replace Nixon with a silverback gorilla with a head injury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, do you think Mark Meadows ordered the uh, uh, records of the White House calls that were actual White House phone numbers to be, um, I don't know, not logged. Scrubbed. It's entirely possible. I mean, remember they had I mean, that. He is the chief of staff, so. Yeah, yeah. Remember, we haven't heard anything new about that internal White House server onto which they were right. also storing all kinds of documents and information, uh, things that they were trying to hide. They were using that mm-hmm. server, I believe, for a purpose that wasn't intended. And mm-hmm. so whatever happened with that? I'm concerned that the horrendousness of the insurrection and everyone who was involved with it is kind of overshadowing a lot of shit that occurred prior to it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So we're not really hearing about some of these other previous possible crimes by the Trump administration. At the very least, is there going to ever be a Department of Justice investigation into the Ukraine quid pro quo? Because that was criminal activity as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we do know that the Department of Justice released an OLC memo back in early 2000s that basically said that if the president is impeached but acquitted in the Senate, once the president is no longer president, he, she can be indicted for that crime. I think that started in the 70s with Nixon, and then it was just reiterated with... um Clinton. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. That may be the case. But I do know that there was a legitimate OLC memo that was issued inside DOJ around that time. And I think it was in response to the Clinton impeachment. There's probably mm. a question inside the then Republican-led Department of Justice. This is early Bush years, I think, where they wanted to make sure in case they wanted to prosecute Bill Clinton. But that obviously can apply. I mean, you start a precedent like that as a Republican— don't be surprised when it bites you in the ass. But it would be great yeah. if it bit someone in the ass, wouldn't it? I mean, it's about time. Well, the, the DOJ did hire hundreds of new uh, lawyers. Yeah. And there are some grand jury things happening. AG did a great thread of that this oh, yeah. morning. I read it. So yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not as concerned as I was maybe yesterday. Mm, well, there is this new story, exactly what you're talking about, with uh, you know, which AG was uh, tweeting mm-hmm. about yesterday. Extensive threads about this particular thing, where yeah, it is good news coming from Justice Department. Mm-hmm. In the past two months, a federal grand jury in Washington has issued subpoena requests to some officials in Donald Trump's orbit who assisted in the planning, funding, and executing of the Jan mm-hmm. 6 insurrection, said people familiar with the matter who spoke on the condition of anonymity, blah, blah, blah. 
Prosecutors have charged more than 770 people with crimes, and the FBI is seeking information to identify hundreds of additional suspects, including a person who planted pipe bombs outside the Democratic and Republican Party headquarters. You mean the woman who planted pipe? I swear it's a fucking woman. Yeah, well, it could be. Yeah. We still think it was Marjorie Sporkfoot. I I swear to God, it's a woman. You watch watch the tape. That's how the average female person walks. It just didn't look like a man walking. It looked like a woman to me. Yeah, it's entirely possible. But this shows, I think, this story that Garland and Department of Justice is actually expanding the scope of the investigation. As he promised in, uh, I guess, what is it, January 5th of this year? So Mm -hmm. don't sweat it. You know, it doesn't matter who the person is. If they've committed a crime, we're going to find them. And so I guess this fits in nicely with that. What I would like to know, and this is kind of a really tantalizing and frustrating aspect of this story is, um, and, and it's not always a bad thing, but obviously this Justice Department, the Merrick Garland Justice Department, is not a, a leaking Justice Department. No, they aren't. Yeah. So we're not hearing any of these juicy insider details unless they want us to. And I get the sense that this is a story where they want us to know. They want right. us to know these things mm-hmm. about the uh, the planners of the uh, mm-hmm. January 6th insurrection. So uh, in that respect, they are. They're you know issuing information to the press, maybe in a backdoor way. But in the meantime... <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to know? Wouldn't it be great to have yeah. some bit of information? Because especially after this week, so many stories this week where you're going like, ah, oh, God, I feel like we're being gaslit here. We see all of these crimes taking place. There is video. There are confessions. There's no two ways about uh, Donald Trump's involvement in all of this. We know it. It's just whether or not that rises to the level of criminal activity. And then we get this uh, federal judge, Judge Carter, stepping up and saying, oh, yeah, he very likely committed a felony because of the insurrection or as as part of the insurrection. So uh, that is immensely tantalizing while all at once frustrating. (laughs) It's like coitus interruptus. It's like, oh, this is what's happening. What's uh, this never happens to me. What's going on? (laughs) However, that doesn't preclude some of these other investigations that we know are occurring, which we know are going to screw Donald Trump. Those still exist. So it is kind of, I don't want to say it's a consolation prize, because Fulton County, for example, uh, Fonnie Willis and her investigation is a pretty big goddamn deal. I'm, I would say, 90 to 95 percent confident that Letitia James will take down the Trump organization. Obviously, it's a a civil investigation, which doesn't involve jail time, prison time for anyone. But, I mean... I thought they were doing criminal investigations, too, with that. um, Um, Why did I think I read that? I don't know why. I don't know. That rings a bell. It seems to me that, yeah, that they were talking about possible criminal referrals. Well, that could be. I, I haven't seen that information. I do know that the Alvin Bragg investigation, which is now, like... Uh, in the where are they now file, um, yeah. that investigation would have been criminal, and they right. were mm-hmm. they were working with the Manhattan DA's office was working with uh, uh, Letitia James, right in, in concert. So they were exchanging information, exchanging uh, evidence, and so on. So that may be where the confusion is coming in as far as criminal investigations. But no, I no, think- no. I believe that Letitia James was saying something about criminal investigations regarding taxes because that's yeah. a crime against the state. Yes, and it should also be a crime at the federal level for internal uh-huh. revenue. This is something Absolutely. that Cliff Schechter and I were talking about on the uh, Wednesday show yesterday, uh-huh. which is like, holy God, if internal revenue isn't involved in the uh, Manhattan investigation, at the very least, if not the New York State investigation with Letitia James, this is all the purview of the IRS. If Donald Trump is deflating his assets so he pays fewer taxes. Good God. I mean, Where's Elliot Ness when we need him? (laughs) Yeah, right. Mm. Right. I think a lot of good people have been utterly screwed by tax audits. Uh And for Donald Trump to be getting away with very clearly inflating and deflating his assets on official documents, including tax returns, that makes me go like full Jesse Pinkman. He can't keep yeah. getting away yeah. with it. I, I, this is my mood today. He can't keep getting away with it. That's it. 
Yeah. <laughs> How can this possibly be? If you have received a nasty letter from the Internal Revenue Service, you know what that feeling is like. And you wonder, how many of those letters has Donald Trump received? How many has he received based on this matter alone, where he's quite literally lying on his tax returns? It's very possible that he has fudged his tax returns. This is why they went to such great lengths to get his tax returns and have access to those numbers. I'm desperately trying to find some sort of, uh, some sort of silver lining here. But uh, we'll find out. We'll find and just out remember, there. any day you could wake up and he could have died in the night of a massive cerebral hemorrhage. <laughs> On the good side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, dreams do come true. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I want him to live a horrible, awful, long life behind him. Oh, know. I thought you were At saying point, me. I thought you were saying, oh, br- no, bring on you. the sweet meteor. No. <laughs> no, I'm talking about Donald Trump. I'm okay. just saying you know, God could Breitbart him at any time. Right. Um, and yeah. that gives me hope. Mm. Yeah, well. This little item mine. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. Yeah. Oh, oh, I shit. should laugh. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Well, here's uh, here's something we can sink our teeth into, uh, and this is uh, one of the biggest stories of the week, and I'm so glad that it actually is. Why the fuck did CBS News hire Mick Mulvaney? Uh, access, baby. Access. Yeah. That's exactly it. And that's what we learned yesterday. They hired him for access because it looks like the Republicans are going to take Congress back. In which is, yeah, that's the explanation from CBS News. Yeah, it's it a matter of, we want to have access to Republicans, so that's why we uh, brought this guy in. We brought in this villain. Because they never talk to Republicans when Democrats are in power. But uh, this is uh, something that we've been talking about, we've been predicting for uh, years and years and years now, that as soon as Trump left office, all of his people would try to go and rehabilitate their yep. images by getting and on. Dance with the Stars. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. exactly right. And so you start with Sean Spicer on Dancing with the Stars, and that opens the doorway. And now, like all of the red hats are racing in to uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> to collect their big pile of cash. And that's what this is. Obviously, this is not a situation where, uh, as I was saying the other day, it's not a situation where Mick Mulvaney is just a guest on CBS News. Exactly. He's a contributor now. There was a contract. Yep. His 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 lawyer, I'm sure, if they do want to let him go, it's a pay-to-play issue. He will be paid a f- small fortune if they let him go. And the, to let him go with... Mm. Uh, to let him go without paying him, he's going to have to do something horrific. Yeah, yeah. Man, I don't think the uh, public outrage is going to be enough to make them change their mind. Not enough people know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But there is some outrage. I mean, there is some pushback here coming down from, uh, especially Twitter, about uh, what CBS News has done. And there should be, because we're trying to push back against this shit, and they're busily normalizing it. At CBS fucking news, the Tiffany Network, it's like, okay, screw everything. We're just going to start harvesting the former Trump officials to be our news contributors. Why? Because we need to get access to Republicans. And Mm -hmm. you know what else? There are literally thousands and thousands of uh, economic experts that you could have tapped. Mm -hmm. Economists, people with expertise in the business sector. You can pull in all kinds of people who have the media training, who uh, are good on television, and who know what they're talking about, but aren't tainted by Donald Trump and his villainy and nonsense. Don't forget that Viacom owns CBS and who used to to run Viacom, Les Moonves. And remember what Les he said Moonves. about Donald Trump? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's bad for the country, but he's great for ratings. So perhaps it was his number two person that is now mm-hmm. controlling mm-hmm. these hires yep. because Mr. Moonves resigned in disgrace. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's that. Well, you got to let him have it for this. If you haven't yeah. uh, tweeted at CBS News yet, uh, uh, please, <laughs> please, please do. do. Yeah, because there is still an opportunity to uh, shove this toothpaste back in the tube. and It would be a morals clause that would be the only way they'd be able to get rid of him. Uh, if he yeah. got arrested for something horrific, I, but then it, being arrested doesn't mean you've done it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I'm sure his, mm. his contract is very nicely written on yeah. his behalf. 
Well, it's like what uh, Cliff was saying on the show yesterday about how the press treats this gaggle of freaks and fascists. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a bunch. He was <laughs> describing that there's a. It's like there's a bunch of clowns up on a stage and they're throwing up and shitting their pants and just doing all kinds of stupid shit. And the press is just like, oh look, that's normal. Look at those guys. Uh-huh. They're yeah. real. They should be. They should be treated like legitimate participants in the political discourse, even though they have. No right to it <laughs> whatsoever. They're not behaving <sighs> like civilized, rational people who deserve, you know, a voice uh, on these right. programs. But yet they are, and so this this explanation becomes uh, almost worse than the hiring itself. Has nothing to do with journalism here. Has nothing to do with integrity. We just want to have access to the red hats. And Mick Mulvaney is going to be that access, I guess. I don't know. Nobody legitimate. Yeah. But whatever. Right. I mean, on the other hand, you do got you do have Muggsy and Bob Woodward, and they're yeah. reputable journalists over there. But at the same time, I, I they their addition <laughs> to the CBS oh. News team. What? You just, I hate how much this is hurting you, Bob. <laughs> I know, poor Bob. It's he just, needs a hug. This yeah. is, you know what, this, I, I, just to be perfectly honest with everybody, uh, this isn't what's hurting me today. <laughs> God, something else, which we're not even going to fucking talk about, is, uh, is bothering me today. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm not now feeling... everyone's going to think you got cancer or something. No, 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 he no, doesn't no, have no, cancer, I'm not, everybody. I'm not, I'm not, not sick. That. No. No, so far so good as far as COVID goes. Kimberly took another. Yeah, and Kimberly's is she going to do another P- PCR? Or she did one yesterday. Get strep? So, is she going to get a strep test? Or well, that's I think next on the list. She is uh, pretty convinced that it's uh, uh, it's probably COVID, but uh, I don't know. She tested negative on two home tests and a PCR test. Then she did another PCR test yesterday, which we're waiting for the results for. And uh, if so it's that many negatives, it's probably just allergies or yeah. cold. What's or going on? Should be. Like with me, it was a post nasal drip issue, and I just had to like, you know, neti pot my nose, and all of a sudden my th- sore throat went away. Yeah, that's entirely possible. We we just don't know. So that do you I guys mean, know the difference between a neti pot and Tucker Carlson? <laughs> Okay, what's what is the, it? What's the difference? One's a lukewarm nasal douche, and the other's a neti pot. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> right. What do you think? What do you think, Tucker? <laughs> he thought it was funny too. Yeah, it is. Funny. Um. Okay. So let's see what else here. Truth Social continues to. Cre- <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> just even the mention of it inspires hilarity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know what? Actually, before we get into Truth Social, I just I, I want to make it clear that there's nothing intensely wrong with me. I'm just in a shitty mood today. There's nothing existential here in this part of the conversation. I'm just in a shitty mood today. Okay, so that's it. Um, it's just it's been a difficult week overall for, with the news and with you know does does Kimberly have COVID or doesn't she? Yeah. It's just it's a lot of hanging on tenterhooks, and it's really uh, something will pop in the next 48 yeah. hours that will yeah. fill you with delight. I promise. Some Trump lackey will like walk into a running <laughs> propeller or like, you know, yeah, Giuliani yeah. will like actually visibly shit himself right. in public or yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes the news gets to me and I, I don't know if I've been abundantly clear about that because I don't often talk about my emotional reaction to all of this shit that's going on, but it does, it does affect me. And there have been no, a series of you. news stories. I feel like uh, some of the events this week have confirmed some of my observations about the American nervous breakdown, and that's really distressing. I feel like we're moving down the wrong path as a society, elevating and normalizing things that should be marginalized. And so, yeah, one thing after another, and you start to feel really like, oh my God, what are we even fucking doing here? What is this we call a democracy anymore? It doesn't resemble what we were told that it's supposed to be. And that's good. That is where it gets really uh, depressing. So that being said, let's make fun of Truth Social for a second, because I, I really do need Truth to Truth Social, which ultimately is neither. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I have attained exclusive audio of what uh, Truth Social sounds like right about now. And here, here we go. True social. <laughs> wait, wait. 
Very good. True social, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I laughed over it. Do it again. Yeah, you want me to do it again? Oh, here's the yeah, official, yeah. here's the exclusive audio of Truth Social. <laughs> Sounds like my old car. <laughs> that sounds but like yeah, every, everyone's old car. Yeah. But that's uh, that's kind of indicative of what we're talking about here. And who could have predicted? Who would have thought that Donald Trump's latest business venture would crash and fucking burn? Who among us predicted that the day it was announced? Hmm. Maybe it was me. I don't remember my memories. I think it was memories. everybody who, like... <laughs> Well, I don't know. Let me take a bite of my Trump steak here and a sip of my Trump vodka. Philip Bump, though, today from the Washington Post was like, it's sort of wild that Truth Social just evaporated. I'm like, wild? This is perfectly in keeping (laughs) with every goddamn Trump business that has ever been formed. There has never been a successful Trump business. I mean, the Trump organization... I guess being the centerpiece of all of these other failed businesses is being held afloat by Donald Trump's personality and his hair and his ridiculous suits and his brand, Mm -hmm. overall his brand. That's what the Trump organization is. They license the Trump brand out, the Trump personality, the Trump persona, the name, and that's how they make their money. It's not building anything. I mean, they've bought a bunch of properties. Some of them failed. Some of them are barely afloat. But this is just the pattern that we've seen. <laughs> Some of seen. them have bed bugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is the pattern that we see over and over and over again. Trump invents a new business and it quickly fizzles and, uh, and then dies. And then it's everyone else's fault. The man not- lost yeah. money running casinos. Thank you. Right. How, How do you do, do that? I mean, you don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Donald Trump's social media app, Truth Social, has been suffering in terms of traffic as signups have plunged 93% since it was launched last month, according to the wrap on Tuesday. Uh, This is down 93% from its launch week when it saw 872,000 installs during the week of February 21. uh, And that's according to Sensor Tower Mobile Insights strategist Stephanie Chan. She also said, uh, we estimate that Truth Social has so far reached approximately 1.2 million installs since its launch. And then on the desktop site, Truth Social has also seen a significant decline in traffic following the launch period. Former Trump aide Jason Miller's Twitter clone, Getter, has reached some 1.9 million daily users, which still still hurts my soul to see that large a number. (laughs) With 6.7 million global installs, while uh, Parler has about 11.3 million global installs, according to uh, Sensor Tower. Trump has not joined Getter. <laughs> he's not. It's a competitor yeah. to him. He doesn't care if it's Jason Miller. He's, he's competing against Getter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to crash and burn, and it's going to fail, and everyone but Donald Trump will be blamed. It'll be like Chuck Todd will be on... That Sunday on Meet the Press, and he'll say, "So why can't Joe Biden save Truth Social?" <laughs> right. no, it's it's all Pause Devin it. Nunes. It's all Devin Nunes' fault. <laughs> yeah, it's Devin Nunes' fault. He'll oh also- man, I every now and then, I, mean, I had completely forgotten up to this moment that he is strapped to this bomb, and that makes yeah. me so happy. I know, I know. <laughs> He's no longer in public office and plummeting, strapped to a bomb, basically. Just yeah, yep, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, shocker once again. These freaks and weirdos failed. Social media CEO Devin Nunes said. There you go. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Obviously, they've gotten themselves elected, and that kind of is an accomplishment, I guess. But beyond that, what have they done that's been at all successful? I mean, Donald Trump was hired by Mark Burnett, groomed by Mark Burnett. Donald Trump is kind of the product of Mark Burnett. Donald Trump's success with that TV series was basically Mark Burnett's success, not Trump's success. And all of the editors. When are we going to see those tapes, by the way? No shit. Behind the scenes tapes. I don't know. That would make me very I'm happy. sure they've been incinerated by now. <laughs> no, there's somebody's got copies. There's some, somebody's, got, somebody's got them. NBC's got them. They're there. They're somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, even if he does say on the tapes, if he does end up blurting the N-word or some other derogatory word, does it even matter anymore with Donald mm-hmm. Trump? 
Yeah, I don't know that it would have any significant impact on his popularity. In fact, it might make him more popular. So that, <laughs> there's an indication. You wanted Thank an indication. Thank you for bumming me out. I know. Bob. That's I'm I'm so sorry. That's where my <laughs> that's where my brain is right now. I, I just can't. I wish I could help it, but I, I can't. I'm just Debbie Downer. I have two things I'm happy about yeah. today. What's that? One thing I'm happy about is that Madison Cawthorn is completely shitting himself. Oh, yeah, yeah. I we're going to talk. Just that whole. We're going to talk about that later. Okay, good, yes, good. Yes, we are. But also, I mean, like, Mitch I? McConnell's panic attack yesterday where he's down in the well of the Senate, like, begging not for Clarence Thomas not to get impeached. Oh, yeah. Which is so out over his skis. I mean, no one's. I mean, only a few people have really suggested that, but he's out there being, you know, like. I don't know. It's fascinating to me because you can tell they're really scared of that. that yeah. They really do believe it's that there's. I think they're more Go worried ahead. about uh, John Roberts and the rest of the court asking Clarence Thomas to resign. I don't think yep. he's ever going to be impeached. I don't think that's a real danger that's because of the happen. composition of Congress. I think what's more likely is the members of the court are going to maybe confront him or have some form of intervention to say, yeah, you need to step down. You're disparaging the court. You're you're ruining the integrity of this United States Supreme Court. And so you need to go and deal with, you know, your situation here with your family and with this insurrection and all the rest of it. It would still be a 5-4 court. So it wouldn't really change the dynamic that much. Yeah. But it would be, it would be one step closer. It is an awesome start. Yeah. Yeah. Like be one step closer, the, right? You know. Yeah. It yeah. is one step closer, but yeah, it would still not necessarily change the makeup of the court. Yeah. Um to be more left-leaning, per se. Right, and I would doubt that Clarence Thomas would resign now. Um, I do know that goddamn Joe Manchin has already said that he will not vote to confirm a Supreme Court (sighs) nominee in the year 2024. So if someone goes, yeah, if someone goes that year, uh, Joe Manchin is going to adhere to the Garland rule, or whatever they're calling it, the McConnell rule, Garland rule. The McConnell rule, but, but, but that's why we need to give... In 2023, yeah. 55 senators to Joe Biden. Right. Well, that's a whole other story. We're going to talk about the enthusiasm gap here coming up in a second. Plus, we are going to get into Madison Cawthorn because it's a story about Coke orgies and T-Rexes here. These oh, are two yeah. things like, it's like <laughs> Coke orgies, <laughs> T-Rex. It's like chocolate and peanut butter, isn't it? Right. They go mm. together. <laughs> okay. About 10 years ago, I was buried under way too much debt. I remember the sleepless nights, the worry, sense of futility when it came to paying down my debt despite skyrocketing interest rates. I took extreme measures to absolve my debt, but you don't need to. All you need is Lightstream. So did you know that refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money? With Lightstream, you can roll your cards into one low payment at a fixed rate as low as 4.98% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. You get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and there are absolutely no fees. And right now, just for my listeners, you can apply and get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash Seska. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash C-E-S-C-A. That's my last name, don't you know? And uh, also, I've got a link in the description under this episode of bobseska.com. Subject to credit approval, rates range from 4.98% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash seska for more information. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Ourselves. 
Another song. Yeah, it's Pasha Black. Another song called uh, Simple Melody from his The Lookalikes Dream album. Pasha, of course, is from uh, Kiev, Ukraine. I need to uh, check in with him again. Last I checked in with him, he was doing fine. He was with his parents in Kiev. And uh, I need to drop him another note here. Maybe I'll do that today. See how he's holding. This up. has an almost like Burt Backrack thing. Little yeah, going on, I love know? that. Like I want to see like these kind of fossy dancers in like dresses with big geometric <laughs> shapes on them. You know, like a big right beehives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I thought we'd wrap up our uh, March indie music with uh, Pasha Black here. ReverbNation.com/slash Pasha Black. Link in the description under this episode of BobSuska.com or on our Patreon page. If As you're always, listening, Pasha no. Black, we are praying for you in all yeah. of Ukraine. Absolutely. Um, yes. Yep, yep. Um, and by the way, uh, in April, for our indie music selections in the month of April, last year we did an indie music rewind where we replayed a bunch of songs from a different month that we had already done. Because you know what? We, we plow through so much indie music on this show. I like to give some of the best shit you know, second, third, fourth airings, and that's a great way to do it. However, this April, what we're going to be doing is we're playing all African-American musicians uh, who have submitted songs here to the show. It'll be quite a bit of uh, hip-hop and soul and everything in between. Thought we'd uh, pay tribute to a lot of our black musicians here on the show and do that for uh, the, the whole goddamn month. So stand by for that. That's going to be really super exciting. I can't wait. I, in fact, I'm very much looking forward to going through and putting together a playlist. Because, uh, you know, you, as I said, you go through 18, 20 songs a month and you start to forget, like, geez, oh my God. You know, I'll, I'll look at like the list of some of the songs and musicians I've played and I'll see their names. And I'll go, Oh wow! I could I totally forgot about him or her or whatever, and so uh, I can't wait to go back through and put together uh, next month's playlist. Okay, moving on here with our uh, Thursday show. Where do we leave off? We're going to talk about uh, Madison Cawthorn, <laughs> the, the Coke orgies. They are uh, desperately walking this back. Kevin McCarthy said that Cawthorn exaggerated the Coke orgies story. Kevin McCarthy he said these stories were exaggerated and, and not true. true. And not that's true. Not I'm like, possible. okay, one or the other. Right. You can't <laughs> have it both ways. Exactly right. Like, or at least match them up. So the orgy was exaggerated and the key bump was untrue, or was the orgy untrue and the key bump was exaggerated? Yeah. Or it's little Madison just making shit up now to cover his ass because Matt Gates was like, if you fucking tell them I did Coke in front of you, I will knife you. <laughs> You fucking shit. You know, like, you little narc. Um, Do you think that's why he did it? I mean, because it's confounding, because he's talking about Republicans here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd think he was, if he was just making shit up, he would say, oh, yeah, those uh, radical left Democrats, or whatever they're calling us these days. Oh, uh, yeah, they were doing coke orgies. But instead, it's like the Republicans. And so Kevin McCarthy's just freaking his shit over this whole thing. See, Kevin McCarthy is like that out-of-touch dad whose kid acts out, and then he's like, well, yeah. I had a talk with him, and he says he won't do it again. Mm-hmm. And so instead of punishing him, I'm going to wait and see how he does. And it's like, you fucking sucker. Yep. Wait, You're who's an the idiot. Guy, who's the, who's the uh, representative with the patch over his eye? What's his name? Oh, Dan Crenshaw. Crenshaw. Dan yeah. Crenshaw basically said name names, which means obviously he wouldn't have been invited to the reindeer games. Um <laughs> Right. And any of Which the Republicans, honestly is kind yeah. of a shame because I think he may be the only fuckable Republican man on Capitol Hill, even though I hate him. If any of the, the Republicans that are coming out going name names, it means they weren't invited. Anybody going, yeah. stop talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why haven't I been included in the Coke orgies? Exactly. Uh, Kevin McCarthy said yesterday, there's a lot of different things that can happen, but I just told him he's lost my trust. He's going to have to earn it back, McCarthy told reporters. I mean, he's got a lot of members very upset. Because he outed them. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. because he's a little narc. Right. And it depends on your definition of members here. I don't know what he's (laughs) talking. Is he talking about members of Congress or, you know, members? Uh, He also said... It's kind of synonymous. You're working Uh, blue. (laughs) Right. Okay, so, but somebody was saying, like, can you imagine anything more repulsive than an orgy full of Republicans? And I was like... Chuck Grassley. Yeah, an orgy full of Republicans on Coke. (laughs) Like... This is very pleasurable. Can we talk about supply side economics for just a moment? We were joking that Susan Collins would actually start speeding up her voice. (laughs) 
Jesus. Yeah, I would imagine a Republican orgy would look like an oiled up pile of skin bags. Just a giant. It would be not amorphous, like a bunch of those blobfish all just stacked up in a big pile. A cross between a pile of rotten potatoes and just miles of skin tags. Yeah. 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 Oh, Oh, my retina. Ted Cruz standing on top of it carrying his luggage. Yeah. you can't just make statements out there, added McCarthy, who mentioned that Cawthorn could be stripped of his committee assignments. Cawthorn oh, sits now? on the House Education and Labor Committee. Oh, sleep tight, America. Oh, and he also sits on the House Veterans Affairs Committee. Uh-huh. We're in safe hands, aren't we? You know, that's yeah. the thing that one of the things that disillusions me about covering politics is when you realize that a good percentage, I would put it in the range of I don't know, 80 to 85% of members of Congress from both chambers are just unforgivable morons. I mean, that includes some Democrats. Obviously, it's predominantly Republicans. But there are a lot of lawmakers on the Hill who don't know anything about anything. I I mean, some people are put on committees that have no experience in that it's like yeah. I, I a lot of them are lawyers so you got you know judiciary committee pretty much anybody could be on that because mm-hmm. most of them are lawyers but you know if you're going to be on the finance committee or something shouldn't you have a little bit of accounting experience yeah. i don't know yeah well one of the ways that i learned this hard fact about members of congress was uh watching the debate over the affordable care act back yeah. in 2009 mm. into 2010 and even some of the debate that was occurring when donald trump was trying to repeal it and mm-hmm. to hear from members of Congress about, oh, we're just we're going to make sure to protect people with pre-existing conditions. How? Well, but the thing was, it was such a narrow scope mm-hmm. of defense. Yeah. It's like we're going to we're just going to protect the thing that's the most popular bit of this right. legislation. Just ignore right. everything else. And then you hear them talking about it or like. When Leslie Stahl, for example, interviewed Trump and his family right after, uh, I forget if it was after the election or after the inauguration in uh, 2017, Leslie Stahl from 60 Minutes didn't know jack shit about what she was talking about either. And when you see members of the press, especially someone who works at 60 Minutes, for God's sake, who doesn't know how to talk about some of these topics it's really distressing i mean we do an improvised podcast here where we shoot the shit for an hour and a half but these are trained members of the straight news press we have producers and researchers and writers yeah and they thought paul ryan was a genius oh god right. like they really thought he was like a policy wonk that was his remember when they were mm-hmm. trying to oh, sell yeah. him to us as this like you know hot new thinker yeah. on the right yeah and you know when you actually read his uh health plan it was basically like something that someone on the bottom of a bird ca- like a bird cage like yeah. liner kind of just crazy bullshit stuff that was like swept into a pile and mm-hmm. like well, that's the thing. I mean, that's one of the things that's really discouraging to me as I follow the American nervous breakdown, as I was saying before, is that uh, you see people in droves voting for absolute morons who have no business being anywhere near lawmaking or the White House, for that matter. And yet people by majority numbers are going, yeah, how about that guy? How about that mm-hmm. fucking idiot who is talking about coke orgies on Capitol Hill? Or how about Louis Gomert? Let's have another couple of terms with Louis Gomert. <sighs> Or Thomas Massey, yeah. or Paul Gosar, or Marjorie Taylor Greene, or Donald Trump, or Donald Trump Jr. is emerging as the George W. Bush of the Trump family, and that's kind of terrifying <laughs> on top of everything else. But people are still going, yeah, I would vote for that guy. And you want to go up and grab folks by the lapel and say, what is wrong with you? Why can you not see? Can you please snap out of this? Oh, but they can. They, yeah. All they really care about is that the people they hate are going to get hurt by this person. That's right. That's all they care about. That's mm-hmm. the bottom line. The cruelty is the point. Yep. And like, if you know, they don't care if Donald Trump Jr. is competent, or even like remotely like. Uh, what am I trying to say? Like whether his intentions are good or not, yeah, yeah. as long as he like fucks with the trans people, the feminazis, the the N word. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, just. 
it's it's all about resentment and punishment and hate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're now we're now in this place. Uh, speaking of trans people, we're now in this place. Uh, I think it's what Trans Inclusion Day is that what the yes. name of today is called? Yeah, we're we're now in a place where we're not expanding rights for Americans. We're taking rights away from people. Whether it's reproductive age women, whether it's trans people, whether it's uh, voting rights for black people, one thing after another, and it's all at the hands of these Republicans who are being supported by God knows how many millions of Americans, depending on what you're looking at. And I feel like the Democrats really need to aggressively like charge head. They they never will because Mm -hmm. nobody fucking listens to me because Democrats (laughs) are incredibly adept at snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Oh, yeah. But like they need to point to this whole cultural ball of wax and just be like, this is a big lie that Mm. these people are pulling on you. They are jerking you around by your cultural sensitivities so that they can make more money. That's exactly right. And that's what you need to know about this. Trans bathrooms, library books, critical race theory is all a distraction while they send your jobs overseas, they crush labor unions, and they fuck with you and make it so you can't get health care. So, like, like, I just... You know, and I don't understand why there's not more of that in the messaging, why they don't just say, listen up, poor people, you are voting for the wrong party. Yeah. Because. Well, you know, I, but I think they are. I think they are saying that. And this goes back to my thesis uh, about messaging, which is that, you know, the Democrats could have the greatest messaging in the world. I'm talking about the party establishment itself. But as Democratic voters, we very seldom want to be seen as rubber stamping the party establishment. That's the problem. We don't want to be called a a Democratic Party shill. We don't want to have to hear from a-holes like Ryan Knight and Michael Tracy and that crowd for repeating Democratic talking points or whatever whatever the pushback, however that's defined. I, I remember during the Obama years, as soon as I would compliment Barack Obama on some success that was legitimately a success, I would get pushed back going as high up the ladder as Jenk Uger saying, oh, there's nothing Obama can't do that Bob Seska won't defend. Bob's is such an Obama bot. Like, I'm just trying to get the fucking message out, guys, because the alternative is a fucking nightmare waiting in the on-deck circle. I don't care if people come for me on that because I'm like, look, I'm a Democrat because if I – you know, if it wasn't for the Democrats, I still wouldn't be able to get married. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm – you know, understand that one party – is a mushy center party, and I will mm. go ahead and adhere to that because the other party is fucking from hell. Yeah, they are. They they want to burn our democratic institutions to the ground. They exactly. are a fascist, white nationalist, authoritarian movement. Now mm. they're not even really a political party. They're fucking bullies yeah. that are trying. You know, and it's just. Uh, yeah, we yeah, have a I'm two a, parties. I'll be a Democratic Party shill. I'm fine with that. I'm yeah, proud and- of my president and my vice president. And we have a two-party system, kids, so fucking third parties, unless you get enough people, ain't Mm going to fucking do anything but spoil one party or the other. Spoil the Republicans all you want. Do it. Mm -hmm. But do not have another fucking, you know, Ralph Nader up or another Bernie Sanders who pulled votes away. I know he didn't mean to because he was behind Hillary Clinton as soon as she got the nomination. It was his stupid supporters. Yeah, yeah. Well, and Russia, Russia took yeah, full advantage of absolutely. that information, that misinformation vector. Yeah, they poured like they saw that crack and they poured all kinds of yep. like rubbing alcohol on it. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And if you decide not to vote because you're irritated with the Democrats yep. or whatever your gripe happens to be with the Democratic Party, what you're doing is you're making it one vote more likely the Republicans mm-hmm. on your ballot mm-hmm. will win yeah. their election. And if you can sleep with that. If you can sleep with knowing that Republicans who are actively criminalizing women, criminalizing trans people, making it possible to ostracize entire segments of the population, to effectively make them undesirable in your state permanently, then by all means, stay home on Election Day. This all weaves into this. It's like. You, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Vote Democratic for the same reason that you put a Ziploc bag around your sugar in fire ant season <laughs> to keep the fucking vermin out. You know, right. period. Yeah, yeah, like it's just like it's, and otherwise you are neglecting your duty as a citizen. Mm-hmm. I feel like. 
Well, Politico reported on the enthusiasm gap today, uh, which mm, I, I never know quite how to take this, but there's some bad we news. We are eight months and away. Yeah, and there, yeah, but there is some good news in this story, too, so I'll give them that at least. At the end of October, Republicans held a, an 11 percentage point advantage in voter enthusiasm. By January, that margin had ticked up to 14 points. Now, according to the most recent NBC News poll, it has swelled to 17, a massive advantage that has foreshadowed devastating losses in Congress in prior years, 2010 specifically. In fact, it says right here, it's beginning to look like nothing is going to bail the party out this year. (sighs) For fuck's sake, that sentence. The last time the enthusiasm gap was this wide in 2010. Holy shit, 2010. That was not a good year. Democrats lost more than 60 seats. I don't even want to stay in this country if that happens. If we have another 2010 this year, Mm. I'm fucking moving to Berlin. (laughs) I don't I mean, right. like, sell a kidney on the black market, <laughs> and maybe not one of mine, at least, yeah, but somebody's, yeah. uh, and move to, because it's just like, we, at that point, we're handing the investigative power of Congress over yep. to yeah. Margie Sporkfoot yep. and <laughs> Matt Gates and all these fucking criminals, right. pa- pedophiles and perverts. And just general dickheads, mm-hmm. and it's just going to be a nightmare. Yeah, it's, it's going to be, be a nightmare. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be like uh, my, one of my favorite metaphors. It's going to be like the three stooges trying to fix the plumbing plus impeachments yeah. of every Biden yeah. uh, administration official. Yeah, 2010. Democrats lost 60 <laughs> seats in the House in 2010. But here's the big but in all of this. Molly Murphy, a Democratic pollster and president at Impact Research, the firm that was Biden's lead pollster in the 2020 election, said that in battleground districts and states, the places where control of Congress will be decided, internal Democratic polling suggests there is not a significant enthusiasm gap. And in Mm -hmm. states like Wisconsin and Georgia, David, where Democrats are running in competitive elections against incumbent Republicans, there is some optimism among Democrats that they may be able to shift voters' focus away from Washington, turning anti-incumbent sentiment against a Republican governor or senator. And that's where I think a lot of these national voter enthusiasm numbers go horribly awry because it's a national number and these elections especially in a midterm are decided district by district state by state not nationally so georgia voters are fired up we got stacy abrams on the ticket and we got reverend raphael warnock on the ticket Mm -hmm. uh and we're gonna turn out yeah i don't care about the you know the republican state legislature has thrown all kinds of barriers in democrats way but you just watch we are going to be at the folk and polls and we're going to be in the streets and we're Mm going to win this one that's right that's right and that's the attitude that we should all have at this point we should be taking this attitude that get out of our fucking way we're going to change history this year we're not going to do the same shit that happens first midterm in a new presidential administration where president's party gets shellacked, as Barack Obama said. There's not going to be any shellacking this year. Let's manifest that. No shellacking from the, the Republicans. Let's make sure that we uh, expand our majorities in the House, expand our uh, teeny tiny majority, I guess, with Kamala Harris in the Senate, and majorities. Let's get some trifectas uh, at the state level, too. I think we really need to spend more time focusing on state-level races. But remember, yeah. if you like, I was if saying, you guys want some Schadenfreude, okay, yeah. look at the Republican Party in Georgia right now with their like sitting governor who is getting like knifed from the le- from the right by yeah. the former senator that got you know that um, John Ossoff defeated mm-hmm. uh, David Perdue. Yeah, I mean it is a bloodbath. The knives are out on the Republican Party in Georgia, and they are in complete disarray. But of course, mm-hmm. like Politico is never going to report on that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's I yeah, it's a bloodbath. And it's going to be glorious. All right. Well, still more to talk about today. But first, the Patreon app for your smartphone is absolutely the best way to stay up to date with new episodes of The Bob Seska Show. And it's the best way to listen to the show. Every time there's a new episode, if you have the app, you're going to get an automatic alert on your phone. Notifications for the free shows on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And notifications for the Friday After Party and the Shadow Docket shows, too. You can listen at home or in the car or wherever the hell you listen with just a couple of swipes. And you can join our community of listeners in the comments under each show. Oh, and you can manage your subscriptions without ever sitting down at a computer right there on the app. Subscribe for as little as $1 a month at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow. Then download the Patreon app from the App Store onto your phone. Again, that's bobseskashow.com, and we thank you. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. 
Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Bob Seska plays more music. Sound I hear's my beating heart Thumping and bumping right from the start The wind whispers I can barely hear Strangers passing by, dangers all around People walking with a glassy-eyed stare Not sure what to think of This is uh, Barker and Roof. Michael Snyder Barker. We played uh, a lot of his music here in the past. Yeah, uh, it's a song called Ghost Town from Barker and Roof Tales. The name of the album. Link in the description for buying the uh, record at uh, Apple Music. I always want to say iTunes, but it's called Apple Music now. Uh, let's see what else is happening. Um, yeah, Trump challenged any Democrat politician to debate him on whether the 2020 election was <laughs> stolen from him. We'd get big ratings, he said. <laughs> this is, uh, you know what? Yeah, you know how I'd respond to this He's on desperate. Twitter? Yeah, I know. I'd respond to this with that uh, uh, Fury Road gif with Mad Max mm-hmm. going, that's bait. <laughs> that's bait. Yeah. Because that's all, because these debates are such horse shit. Any staged debate, okay, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna debate Tucker Carlson on this, or I'm gonna I'm gonna debate a bunch of Democrats on this issue, and we're gonna solve this problem. No, it never gets solved. It's a show. It, it's like a sideshow at a circus. That's all it is. Nothing is ever solved by these debates. It's whoever can zing the other guy more. And that never resolves anything either. So I hope no Democrats take him up on this, and I doubt they will. Nobody will. Not after his last public debate performance was that second uh, presidential debate when he was COVID positive and was just acting like a crackhead. Oh, I know. Who, I know. You know, who's run to the bottom of his stash. Yeah. I mean, he was just insane. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to, you know. Uh, well, yeah. he's just he's looking for another way to get all of the bullshit disinformation, the big lie out there. That's all he's looking for. He doesn't care about the debate or any counterpoints or any facts. It's just like, I want to get the lies out there more. Yep. Get more suckers on board with the Trump train. That's what he wants. And, and he's uh, feeling his sphere of influence rapidly contracting. Yeah. It is. I mean, that, that rally was like, dude, seriously. Oh, I know. actually showing up? <laughs> the rally was pathetic. I didn't even look Where at it. Where was that? I wasn't paying attention. Where was it, Jody? I, really? I don't even oh, remember. Oh, wasn't it, was it in weekend? Florida? Wasn't it in Florida? It might have been in Georgia. Yeah, it could have been in Georgia. Yeah, I think it was because Marjorie Three Toes spoke. Oh, that's right. And oh, she was right. And then like, oh, I do know about this rally because David Perdue was like, was like, I'm going to nominate Donald Trump to be Speaker of the House. No, that was Matt and Gates. Donald Trump was like, oh, it was Matt Gates. Yeah, Matt uh, Gates said that. Yeah, yeah. And Marjorie Taylor Greene could barely was see. like, that was interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. Marjorie Taylor Greene needed a step stool because she could barely see over yep. the top of the podium. Sad, so sad for Marjorie sad. Taylor Greene. Yeah, sad. it's sad. sad. Uh, Trump called on Putin to release information regarding Hunter Biden's alleged dealings with Eastern European oligarchs in an interview with far-right journalist who previous coverage of the Biden's ties to Ukraine had been discredited. (laughs) So he's going on all the reputable shows to say this shit. But yeah, Putin, if you're listening, part two is what this is. During Uh, basically a national security, I mean, a global national security emergency kind of thing. And he's like, oh, hey, other side. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is like fucking treason. You know what it is at the very least? This is uh, Donald Trump appeasing a madman, appeasing a dictator who is committing all kinds of human atrocities, someone defined as genocide in Ukraine. And Donald Trump is asking this guy for a favor. And what is Donald Trump going to do in return for this favor? Or what has he done in return for favors? What has Donald Trump done with Vladimir Putin 
to get him this level of access. Like, he he, he feels as though See, he can I ask think, for though, favors of this guy. I think Putin probably hasn't been giving him the time of day since he left office, and that probably. has got to break his heart. Because you got to remember, like, <laughs> remember that scene at the at the big banquet at whatever the, you know, whatever global conference that was where Trump was like, hey, buddy, look at me. Hey, I'm right over here. Hey, oh, yeah. we're buds, aren't yeah. we? Are we cool? You know, and it's like, you know, he was a tool. Like it was the and I'm G20, sure that's, that's the moment he left office, you know, uh, he, he just hasn't gotten any more calls from Moscow. They just yeah. don't care, except for like desperate oligarchs. But you know, mm-hmm. Putin himself, it's just Putin yeah. himself Putin. has gotten Putin. no use for him. <laughs> Thanks for the Candace Owens callback of Putin. Putin. Putin is not a bad guy, but Donald Trump seems to think he is. Donald Trump likes asking favors from other people. Uh, he was asking for the uh, the emails from Russia back in 2016, famously. He was asking uh, Volodymyr Zelensky to investigate Hunter and Joe Biden, or at the very least to just announce there was going to be an investigation. He just needed the patina of an investigation in order to be able to perpetuate the big lie. And uh, still doing it. And God damn it. Meantime, U.S. officials believe Putin is being misinformed by his advisors, who are too afraid to tell him the truth about his military struggles in Ukraine and the effect of sanctions on the Russian economy. This is where, if you're a strong man like Vladimir Putin, Putin, you end up uh, not getting uh, the right information, and then you end up failing catastrophically because people are afraid to tell you anything. And that's the case with Donald Trump, I'm sure. Shit was oh, withheld yeah. from Donald Trump because they were afraid to walk into that propeller. And I, I actually don't blame them. But that's the danger of being uh, ho- openly hostile to uh, negative information. Trump didn't want to hear that. I mean, even when it was like the hurricane is not going to hit Alabama. Even if it was that information, he's like, oh, you better believe it's going to hit Alabama. Look at this bullshit line that I drew on this map. See, Alabama. And that's the kind of delusion that these uh, dictators and strongmen live under. And that makes them not less dangerous, by the way. That makes them more dangerous because they're acting on fiction. And if you act on fiction, you're acting in a way that has no bearing, obviously, as fiction is defined, no bearing on reality whatsoever. And so and this is like, but yeah. this is the whole Republican Party mission is mm-hmm. to try to get its like followers to accept dogma over the facts on the ground. Yeah. Whether it's climate right. change to women's rights to you know conception to I mean it's just a billion. I mean this and it's it's what happened in Iraq. Yeah. You know they George Bush and Donald Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney fired everyone who told them that it was a terrible idea to invade Iraq. Mm-hmm. And they fired everyone that said there weren't any weapons of mass destruction there, and they ignored anyone that said this had nothing to do with 9-11. And they just went charging in there and thinking it was going to be over in six weeks. Oh, God, yeah. <sighs> just, yeah, and you can see echoes of that with Vladimir Putin and Ukraine. Absolutely. Best laid plans. And he goes in there and he doesn't know exactly what's happening and he's being misled because people are afraid of, you know, polonium in their cereal. And so they don't tell him the truth. And then he's making decisions based on something that's not actually happening. And then he goes, why, oh, why is this, ha- why is this not working out for me? said here, uh, we have information that Putin felt misled by the Russian military, which has resulted in persistent tension between Putin and his military leadership. This is according to White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield, adding that the U.S. was sharing this information now to show, quote, this has been a strategic error for Russia. Oh, you think? Yeah. This doesn't end well for Vladimir Putin. I've been saying this since the beginning. It's not going to end well for Vladimir Putin. It's going to be an absolute fucking yeah. dis- disaster for, for Putin in the long run. And so I think he's trying to figure out a way to I think he may just out. vanish. Wouldn't that be just so Russian? <laughs> yeah, just disappear. Just be like, what Putin? We have not seen him. You know, like... <laughs> And by the way, we beat Ukraine. We won in Ukraine. We've taken over their country. And that's what the propaganda says, even though it uh, probably right. will never happen that way. But, I mean, that to me, that's the solution. Didn't no, Jody, I think Jody nailed it last week when she said he's going to say he won and withdraw. Yeah, that was Why rude. not? Yeah. Just do that. Yeah. Rude Pundit said do it, but Rude Pundit rude. also said he likes the killing. And I not rude, but Putin. 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 Um, and that's the problem with him is is he's seeing dead bodies and yeah. and he's happy about it. He's a sick, mm. fucked up, horrid human being that if he wanted to, he could get out of this and his country would think he's won a war. Mm-hmm. Right, right. When you have the power of propaganda like that, why Absolutely. not use it? 
Yeah. I mean, I imagine at some point, even though he's going <laughs> to fail in Ukraine, there. That's just the most cynical thing I think I've ever heard you say, Bob Seska. What's that? I'm just like, you know, have, you've got the propaganda. Why not use it? I mean, make it effective. It's like, <laughs> well, I, I'm thinking, I'm yeah. thinking, and I'm putting myself in Putin's shoes. Putin's shoes. Right. Right. I yeah, understand. Yeah. But just after the last five years, it's like, woo. Okay. I know. Um, well, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're kind of right. Okay. Well, <laughs> coming up on the shadow docket uh, on our Patreon page, what the fuck, Andrew Giuliani? Wait till you hear this story coming from Rudy Giuliani's son. It is so utterly creepy. Yeah. This is one of the creepiest things I've ever, ever seen on Twitter. Hal Sparks' reaction to it, by the way. Chef's kiss. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. I, by look the way, at Andrew Giuliani, though. Yeah. I mean, I he looks like, you know. He, he looks a like box evil. Circumcision, basically. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like evil Bobby Flay, is what he looks like. Yeah. Just put the two of them the, side again, by side. Again, it's like yeah. Matt Gates. The proportions mm. are off. Right. There's like a bad ratio of forehead to eye. <laughs> to jo- you know, like. I, you it's know, one of my like, favorite things is when you do that because what I imagine is you staring at like their pictures on the screen and just making all these mental notes about <laughs> the dimensions of their foreheads. I fucking love it. Well, I just I uh, love it. Andrew, yeah. Andrew Giuliani just I was like, you know, when you're putting someone forth to, as a potentially elected official, they need to have some charisma. At yeah, least, yeah, in some form or fashion. And like I said, Andrew Giuliani has all the charisma of a botched circumcision. Circumcision, <laughs> like I mean, he really just like he's angry and red and puffy and yeah. stupid looking and he that just looks, caveman brow. Yeah, it's just uh, he looks inflamed. I mean, he's got he an, really he's got an he inflammation. Looks inflamed, in yeah, inflamed. Yeah. <laughs> like you, like seriously, like couldn't hurt his looks with a hammer. Basically, <laughs> you just need to put an ice pack on his face because it's so inflamed looking. Oh. Uh, we're also going to talk about Alex Jones. Alex Jones is utterly screwed. This is a fun story, too. Yeah, I so love much. this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he ain't going to have no more money. He's yeah. going to be out of money by Sunday. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the best way to put it. Nice. Oh, yep. uh, shit. All happening on our Shadow Docket show. That's happening on our Patreon page, which happens on the internet, which happens and in I'm going to take off my pants now. <laughs> See you over there, folks. Exactly. Bye-bye. <laughs> mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day for movement whether mom's into classic dress watches rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers movement has something she'll love and right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.